Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Right? It was still void. 
And it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the, of the waters. So God, the Spirit here, was hovering. And the word hovering here is the Hebrew word rakav, which means to shake, to flutter, or to move. So, so God, the Holy Spirit was like, there was a rapid vibratory motion that the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit was just across the face of the waters. And he was vibrating violently. Right? He causes, and because he releases gravitational forces, he releases a force that draws the particles together, that holds them together. God, the Holy Spirit, gravitational forces. And then in verse 3, God said, this is where Jesus comes in, right? Jesus, the, the word made flesh. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And whatever he spoke, the physical matter took the form and the shape of it. So whatever Jesus said, and then you, you read on later on in the verses, they separate the heavens and the earth, the, the uh, night and the day, the lights and the day, and then the waters and the, and the land. And whatever God spoke, whatever Jesus said, whatever God said, it takes on the shape and the form of it. In John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the, and the Word was God, and the was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing that was made that was made. By, and in Psalms it says, By the word of God, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. So scientists right now, I mean, all, if you just look it up, scientists right now are still discovering new solar systems, new stars. Why? Because God said, let there be light, right? But he didn't say stop. So light is still traveling, and light is still creating life. And so they are still, NASA is still finding new stars, new solar systems because God didn't say stop. Yes? And whatever God said, it took the form of it. Let's just look at Colossians. Colossians 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we don't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before everything else and he holds all creation together. Sounds familiar? Sounds like the super string theory that he holds all creation. He's the life force. He's the origin and the center of the universe. He holds. He's the life force that holds all creation together. Just to give you a, 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 an image of what I'm talking about, right? I'm going to show you this video. Can you play the resonance uh, video? Resonance square. So this is the resonance square. Some of you might have seen it before. But basically, it's just it's a square plate. Warning. Okay, what you're seeing is actually a square plate, okay, and then with sand, with particles uh, on it. And the, and the plate is vibrating, okay? So the sand is like the raw materials, and then the, the plate is vibrating, gravitational forces, and then it shoots sound waves into it. And as you can see, as the sound, as the sound, as the pitch differs, as the frequency is increased, the sand, the particles, take on different shapes. So shape, so sound has a shape.
So that's what I'm going to give you today. So that's what I'm talking about. You know that sound has the ability to form and to shape physical matter. And then McCallum, who teaches extensively about like sound and the power of the song of the Lord on the earth, he made this suggestion. So this is not this is not like Christine's truth or this is not Bible truth, right? But he suggests he suggests that he, he used to think um, God cannot lie because of his morality and his righteous nature. He used to think that, but he, but he realized that scientifically, God can't lie either. Because even though it might not be true a nanosecond ago, the minute and the instance God says it, all of creation scrambles to make sure that it's, it is. So that it's impossible for God to lie. That was his suggestion, that it's impossible because when, when creation hears the sound of the Creator, they scramble to form and, and to shape and take on the shape of whatever that the Creator was saying. So God technically cannot lie, even if He wants to. Right? So I have a point to make. So what does this have to do with us? He is God, right? His voice is powerful. But what has it got to do with us? Well, we are made in His image. And if the voice of the Creator is in all creation, that includes us. He is the voice that holds us together. He is the voice, He's the living force of our life. And so if His voice is in us, you must understand that the potential that our sound can make can change the world. There is power in our sound. The potential that our sound can make, the, power, the potential that we have can change the very world we live in by our sound. So how does our sound come forth? How does it come forth? I would say, firstly, it comes from our words. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it eat its fruits. Right? So there's this, there's this um, uh, exper experiment that I think you can find on YouTube. I watched it on BuzzFeed, something like that, okay? So it's, uh, it's basically they did this, this experiment on the power of words. And they have two, uh, two pots of plants, same breed of plants, potted in the same way, and they, they are physically nourished in the same. So they have the same um, quality soil, the same seed, and then after that, uh, or the same plant actually, but then they, have, they are watered uh, with the same quality water, with the same amount of water, they are exposed to the sunlight the same, they have the, the same fertilizer. So they are physically nourished the same. But one pot of plant was verbally praised. So while they are like giving it, it's always, oh, you're so beautiful, grow well, your, your leaves are so green, you know, and so they verbally praise one pot of plant. And in the other pot of plant, at the other pot of plant, they verbally abuse the plant. They are so ugly, you know, what is this? Are you sure you're a plant? And so they verbally abuse one plant and verbally praise the other plant. At the end of the experiment, they found that the plant that was praised grew and flourished and was strong. And the plant that was that was verbally abused actually withered and started and showed signs of dying. So there is power, yes, in, the, in our words. It's not just Christian words. Even non-believers, we read so many stories and we know so many friends. Even you might, you might be one of them yourself. When you grew up in an abusive, verbally abusive environment, and you and you conform and you become what they say you are, right? We see people with low self-esteem because. The parents say you are lousy and you're no good. And we see them struggling with that. So there is power, not just in Christian lips, but there's power in what we say because we all bear the Creator's voice. There is power. The words we say are prophetic in nature. And can I suggest to you that our words have the potential to foretell, to foretell,
hell and to forbode. So the, our words are foretelling, foretelling, and foreboding in nature. What is foretelling? Foretelling is basically saying what's in the future. Right? So you see Jesus um, prophesying over, over Simon Peter, saying that, oh, you will, you will be the rock, uh, build my church, and all that, and the, the gates of hell not prevail against it, right? And then he's also like prophesying over him. He prophesizes about his death and his resurrection. And even today, many of you receive uh, prophetic words from many people like Josh and Song about your future, about what, what, uh, about the dreams of God for your life. These are all foretelling words. And then there's foretelling where you create the future. So there's this very interesting um, story that is <laughs> very tickling. Okay, go to Mark eleven. This is about Jesus and the fig tree. Do you know the story? So Jesus, like after a day of ministry, he was hungry. He went to this fig tree. He saw that, and the Bible clearly stated, okay, it was not the season for figs. So he looked at the tree. It was not the season for figs, and then there was no fruit. And he said, let no man ever eat your fruit again. And so, and it's very cute. Then the, in verse 13, it says, and the disciples heard it. So the disciples like took note. Okay, so we were told that the disciples took note. And in the morning, when the disciples passed by, they, they look at the tree and they're like, Oh, Jesus, the tree that you curse has withered and died. So they took note of it again. Jesus died. Yeah, I'm like, Wow, Jesus, you know? First of all, that's a bit brutal because it's not the season for figs. So, like, you can't really blame the tree, right? It's like going to restaurants and then, and can you imagine the power of Jesus' words? Right? So, can you imagine if you go to the restaurant and you go, like, this is the worst pasta ever. And then true, it becomes the worst pasta ever. <laughs> this is the worst restaurant ever. And then boom, it becomes the worst restaurant ever. That's the power of Jesus. That even though it wasn't in season, like the, whatever he says came to pass. And then further down in verse, in verse 23, it says, So assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That's what that's he trust Jesus to use like his hunger and no wanting food as an as an illustration. Right? He says, Whatever that you say, if you believe what you say it will be done, it will be done. So he's false and he's creating that future, right? And then we have Jesus and the storm where Jesus was not really troubled by the storm, he was sleeping, and then he woke up and said, peace be still. So it was stormy, but he created a different future. He spoke, and so we have the ability to speak into a reality that was not, to make it happen. So Araline, my daughter, she, there was one night I was trying to make her sleep, but she was so emotionally upset because she has been awake since like 6 a.m. in the morning, refuses to have a nap in the afternoon, and she was so emotionally upset, honest, angry and upset at everything. So I'm like, do you want mommy to carry you? No, no, mommy. Uh, do you want to do this? No, no, we have to lie down here. No. So she's just like on this rampage and she's just crying for nothing, really. Literally, she just goes, No kidding. Ah. Don't even try to shed tears, you know. Just ah. so she's just doing this, and her, I've dealt with this for like five hours. I'm like, here with it, you know. And it's just like last week. I'm just like here with her whining, ah. and and so like out of desperation, like I've tried so many things, right? 
That's why I'm just like sitting down there looking at her at this ridiculous situation. Like, I don't know what she wants. She doesn't know how to say what she wants. And so I just went, Evelyn. So she's like in the midst of her, Evelyn, we speak peace over you. I know you're upset and you don't know how to feel and tell mama what you want. But let's pray for the Holy Spirit to comfort you, yes? That the Holy Spirit will come and hug you and let you know that it's okay, that mommy loves you, that you don't have to cry like that. Okay, so we pray for the peace of God so that you can sleep and then tomorrow you'll be a happy girl and you can enjoy your day, yes? Then she let me, yes, amen. And then she went out, took her pillow and went to sleep. That's the power we have. And this is not the first time I've done this kind of thing. Like, to me, the, I must invoke Jesus' name when I'm with my kids, you know. Like, <laughs> Motherhood has made me extra spiritual. <laughs> really. Like, sometimes they're just like screaming at one another, snatching each other's toys, and then like after that, they snatch one another's toys, they quarrel, and then they laugh together, and then after they quarrel again. And then I just go, in Jesus' name, can you just calm down? <laughs> like, serious, and they calm down for a while. And then I have to invoke the name of Jesus again. So their angels are very busy, but angels are... Okay, so that's foretelling, and then there is a foreboding thing that we sometimes we do. I shared before that foreboding means it's a, it's a spirit, um, or the spirit of foreboding is, is predicting or, or thinking that something bad will happen in the future. And that's not something that we want to partner with. Uh, uh, so like two weeks ago, during one after service when we went for lunch, um, I, I was I just came back from from US and I was already like my throat was sore because the food there is super heaty right and gelat right so my throat was sore when I came back my kids were actually sick so they had like bronchitis as well flabby and all and um, so we were walking and this this girl Yongling from our like life groups so I was just talking to her and then she was oh your voice sounds bad you must take care of your voice so I said yeah my kids have like cough and I have cough I'm just I'm just waiting for, for mine to get like as bad as them. Like. And I just, I just said that immediately she go, No, don't say that. Be healed in Jesus' name. And then she just happy, happy, just walked to her table and sit down and order food. Then I'm like, I caught myself. I was like, Oh my goodness, Christine. I just like predicted something bad over my, my life. I just like say it out like, I'm just waiting for my cough to be very bad. For me to lose my voice completely. And I caught myself because I'm oh, I'm a words person. I believe in the power of words. Whatever I'm preaching to you today, I've been I've been believing it for years, you know. And I caught myself. I repented. I was like, Oh God, I'm sorry, you know. Like I, I didn't take my words seriously. And I prayed and I, prayed. I said, Yes, I agree with healing and not just for me but for my children. And so we sometimes we catch ourselves doing that, and we catch ourselves like um, foreboding what is what is going to happen will be bad, you know, like or thinking the worst possible scenario and just, just worrying for nothing. But that's not the way that we should live, right? Philippians 4 tells us that we do not be anxious for anything, not to worry for anybody, everything by prayer and, suppl- and supplication, thanksgiving, make our request known to God. And then what? The peace of God. It surpasses our understanding. And we don't understand it. It surpasses our mind and will guide our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Yes, that is the way we should live. So our words have power. What we declare over our lives is very important because it shapes our reality. In fact, Revelation tells us that our words are weapons to defeat the enemy, that we overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony. What we say is important. So be careful what you say because your experience will rise to the level of your declaration. Yeah? Secondly, our sound comes forth through song. Through our song. Not just a song, but our song. So we'll see, we see in the 
Bible that there are um, instances where the song of the Lord was used to uh, deliver the people of Israel, right? Like the walls of Jericho. So they were like called to circle around the, the, the city and then after that they were, they were shouting, they blew trumpets, came down. King Jehoshaphat, before uh, like the, the Moabites and the Ammonites were coming against him and then he sent them out. He sent out the singers and the musicians and then while they were singing and praising and worshipping God, God ambushed the enemies and killed themselves. They just like destroyed themselves among them. <laughs> and so they didn't even have to fight. Uh, in 2 Chron uh, Chronicles, it talks about that. The King Jehoshaphat said sending out and it says in verse 7. Do you have that? So the whole nation was in, was in prayer, right, for this fight, for this battle. And then one of the sons of Asaph arose, the prophet arose and said, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of God. You know, sometimes when we, we, we fight battles that we're not supposed to fight, yeah. right? We worry about things that we're not supposed to worry. And then we struggle with things that we're not supposed to struggle. And we are, we are just hung up on like, oh, these things are happening. And we, we get so enthralled in this, in the troubles that we face. But all we need to do sometimes is just position ourselves in worship, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Yes? So sometimes that's all we need to do. We just position ourselves in the posture of worship, in the posture of obedience. Stand still, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. And Lord will fight for you. You need not need to fight this battle. Okay? And so we see that. And, and uh, in that he stays, you know when you praise and worship, right? When you sing songs, there is power when you actually put faith into what you sing. Like what we read just now in Mark, if you say, if you believe what you sing will be done, will be done, it will be done. Right? And so sometimes even though things might not seem like uh, it's happening for you, however that you're seeing is contradicting whatever you're going through, sometimes you just have to sing it for the reality to take the form of it. Yeah. Right? Yes? Yeah. So you know, when, when, even when you feel that God is not really that good in your life, you don't see the goodness of God and other things are going wrong. Even if you don't see like a fulfillment of the of the faithfulness of God or the mercy of God in your life, sing it till it comes to pass. Put faith into it. You know, when you sing, you just sing, oh, you are worthy, you are worthy, and then it's just empty and black. There's no meaning to it. Which is why, you know, I cried every I was I was just telling like some I don't know who was it. What's the point of putting makeup to come to church? Because every single time it's praise and worship, right? Like it's gone. It's gone, you know? So what's the point? But you know what I mean? Because I put, I put my faith in what I sing. I put my, my belief, every, like, my soul is invested in what I'm singing. Even though, so even though lyrics are important, do you know what's the, the, the more impactful part for me? And which I want to, which I want to encourage you to, to look at in a different perspective. You know which are the more impactful parts of a song? The ooh, ah parts. The parts that have no actual words. The o o o, the woo, uh, the the chord progression, <laughs> really, really, you know why or not? You see, okay, for example, the song "The Longest Days," right? The lyrics are so good, so good, you know. And every time you sing that, it's like, yes, I'm a child of God. And especially if you don't believe it, at the end of the song, you will believe you are.
serious. Think about it, okay? So the chorus ends, right? <laughs> chorus ends. I am a child of God. You spend the sea. So high. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming at a frequency that your ears cannot take, so. You spin the sea so I can walk on. No, you spin the sea so I can walk right through it, right? So you can imagine it's like you just go from the chorus. Uh, I am a child of God. You spin the sea so I can walk, right? Okay, lah, the lyrics still okay, but no, like, no impact, right? Like, oh, you speak the sea. Yeah, you did it for Moses before, like, okay. But the minute they go into, oh, 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 children's place. 
it was silent. And so he found out that the children no longer cry. You know babies cry because they poop, they are hungry, they want attention, they need their nappies changed, uh, they, they just want stuff, they just want to see the face of their mother. And every and how they learn to cry at all these cues, right? Is when they cry and then the need is met, and so they know, oh, if I want to drink some more milk, I can just cry. And then they will drink milk. Oh, if my diaper is, if I feel mushy, you know, and if my bum bum, then I can just cry, and then my mom will come and change my diaper. That's how kids learn to cry for help. And the fact that these children don't cry is because uh, their needs are not met. So they have trained themselves to shut themselves up because they know that crying doesn't get them what they want. And I feel in my spirit today that many of you have believed in the lie that God doesn't hear your voice. And, and even as I was sharing, right, like the song of the Lord, words, you know, it, it, you feel a sense of distance because you feel that God doesn't hear you. You have tried calling out to him, but he doesn't hear you. Now today, I want, you, I want to break that lie of the enemy over your life. And I want to say that your voice matters. That the voice of the Lord is in you. And, it's, and, it's to, and when you speak and when you sing, he speaks in and through you. That you have power in your voice. And it might be that you... That, so we tear down the deceptive lie of the enemy that your voice doesn't matter. That God doesn't listen to your voice. And we just want to break that, that deception over your life right now. We say that you matter, that your voice matter, that you have power in yourself. Whew, okay. So in Psalms 40 verse 3, it says, He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see and fear it and trust in the Lord. The word new here is not like new. Okay? The, the, the English language is quite bad, so they can only summarize so the word is just new, but in its Hebrew um, origin, it means renew. It means renew. It's like when you scroll down your Facebook or your Instagram app, and then new stories, right? And the new feeds come in. It's like refresh. And it reminds me of the four living creatures around the throne of God. What? It's like for eternity, so they go one round and oh, holy, holy are you. And then they go another round and oh, God, is he holy? He's beautiful. Oh, holy, holy, holy are you. Oh, God, he's holy, beautiful, but he's awesome. More of God, more of God, wow, more, you know, and that's how they can sing holy, holy all the time. And I want to tell you that sometimes, you know, like, uh, whatever they are singing, like for me, for years, it has been about the faithfulness of God. And it doesn't mean that my, oh, my song is stale and old and, and, you know, it has been for a few years because, you know, the faithfulness of God has many layers. And so it can be thematically, it might be just one word. And this, the faithfulness of God is just this one thing that, that my heart has been uh, content, yielding you know, towards for the past years. But every time I come before the Lord and I sing about His faithfulness, it's another layer. It's another layer, the depth of His faithfulness. The depth, this is what we can sing His love for, about His love forever. Because it's not just love, full stop, it's love. Yes, the depth and the length and the breadth of His love. There's so much to see. There's so much to sing. And so even though you might think, oh God, I just only know how to sing worthy are you, Lord. No, I'm not so musically I'm not inclined. That's not how to sing worthy or holy. Oh, ask the Lord to reveal His holiness to you in so many facets of your life. Yes. So let's release the word of the, the, release the song of the Lord over your life. 
uh, in, in Luke, we see God's, uh, Jesus' triumphant entry into the city and, you know, and, and everybody was praising and saying, Hosanna, and then the Pharisees came and the Pharisees tell him, hey, can you please stop the people from praising you? And Jesus answered, if, if they keep silent, then the rocks will cry out. If they keep quiet, the rocks will cry out. And so BBC, I read this BBC news article, uh, they read an article saying that the low rumblings, let me see, let me, let me quote it saying that the low-frequency rumblings of volcanoes are being translated into musical scores. By correlating the music with precise stages of volcanic activities, the team hopes to learn the signature tune of an imminent eruption. And, you, and so, you know, what you think when you, when you read, like, the verses from Isaiah 44, it says, Shout, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains, O forest and every tree. And in Psalms we see, let the rivers clap their hands and the hills be joyful. It's like Narnia and Lord of the Rings come together, you know, like everything all moving, you know. <laughs> right, it's such an amazing moment, but it's actually true. It's not just the imagination of C.S. Lewis or J.R.R. Tolkien, right? It's actually true. That when the, you know, when the waves come over, maybe they're clapping their hands and then we are not in the room, right? And so it says all this, and it just makes you wonder what, what the world is singing. And I want to show you very quickly this video of NASA. Um, they, through using radio emissions, they recorded symphonies of uh, electromagnetic waves from the planets and from the stars. You can just like forward, forward, forward. But play it loudly. Yeah. So this is the base section of the universe. You can just forward a bit. Yeah. Just click to the Of your brother Abel cries out for vengeance. 
if your life is a song, uh, they just throw you out there. And then in Revelation, when one of the seals were broken, right, uh, it says that the voices of the blood of the martyrs cry out for vengeance unto the Lord. Made you think. So, yeah, just, just free for you. <laughs> but think about it, they be a nice song. So, yeah. So, in Psalms 103, I'm coming to a close, so bear with me, okay? I'm coming to a close. Psalms 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Every worship leader would have used this psalm before. Every worship leader. Because it's like, oh, yes, everybody, bless the Lord, O my soul. But like I said, the English language, right, is so um, shallow. So the word here, O my soul, is not just soul, right? The word soul here actually has a varied meanings in Hebrew. It means desire, life, self, passions, emotions, appetites. So it's bless the Lord, oh my soul, my desire, my life, myself, my passions, my emotions, my appetites. All that is within me, bless his holy name. And all that is within me can be translated that as all my inmost being, all that I am, with my whole heart, all my bones, all my inward parts, my organs and my intestines. Bless his holy name. Everything that we do is worship unto God. Everything that we do is worship and ministry to God. It's music to His ears. There is no such thing as, there's no separation between religious practices, like worshiping God, praying, and then reading the Bible, and daily living. Because everything that you do, your thoughts, your, your response, the, the way you smile to a stranger, your, the, your kindness, your manners, everything is a song unto the Lord. Every time you release the word of the Lord, the song, every time you, you, you release the word of the Lord, the song of the Lord, you know the earth and the atmosphere recognizes the voice of the Creator and it scrambles to, to come into alignment with that voice. They come together. When you give words and when you give articulation to what God is doing in your life, you put a shape on it. You put a form, it's no longer just theoretical um, knowledge. It's no longer just something that you imagine in your mind. But when you put articulation into what you are, what God is doing in your life, the, 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 the reality is being formed by it. Every time you say yes to the voice of God, every molecule in your body, every fiber of your being comes into alignment with what you say yes to, to that voice that is resonating within you every time. And that's why we need to hear what God has to say about us. Right? We have to hear correctly and we have to hear what God says about us. Because the truth is, the, is, the, is, the, truth is, the, is the same for the negative side. If you believe in the lies of the enemy, you, your reality take on the form of what the enemy is saying, the lies of the enemy. You need to hear what God is saying about you. You need to hear the voice of the Lord. You need to hear the voice of your Creator. The voice of the life force that holds you together. Because you take the form of it. You take on the shape of it. You know, we talk about the mountains giving praise and the hills you know, giving praise. And if creation can give praise and it can sing praises to God, don't you think they would be able to make other sounds? Yes? And it brings to mind a familiar passage in uh, Romans chapter 8. 
It talks about, for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labours with birth pangs together until now. You know, it's interesting that creation is not groaning and waiting for the reveal of the Messiah, of Jesus. Because he's the one, he's already in the center of them, he's in the very core of them, right? But he's, the creation is groaning and waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Could it be that creation is waiting for us to respond to the voice of the Creator? Could it be? Could it be that, that creation is waiting us for, for us to take on the full, the, in the fullness, the form of what God has called us to be? The fullness of what God has given to us, the fullness that we have access to, that we might join in the symphonies of heaven in ushering the coming back of the, of the, of the coming of the King again. Could it be that creation is waiting for us to take on our, the fullness of our form and the shape that God has spoken into our existence when we were created in, in, in His mind? Could it be that Malachi 1.11 is not about a worship band on duty 24-7, but every line responding as a song, with a song of the Lord in their lips, with the song of the Lord in all that they do, that everything, every time they move and they smile and they do their work and they're rising and they're, and they're sitting down, is music to his ears. Could Malachi 1.11 be that? That the company of people will be a song unto the Lord and will, an incense will rise day and night, night and day. Could it be And so in closing, I want to say to you today that you have to know the voice of God. You might think, Christy, I know that, but... There are two things things I want want us to pray for together today. Number one, that the voice of of our Creator will resound clearly in us. And those of us who find find the voice of God muddy, you can't hear it clearly. You, you, don't, you don't have it resounding in you. You want to pray for the lies of the enemy to be broken, you know, in your thought life, in your ears, that you will hear the voice of the Creator so clearly, in the innermost being of your, of, of, your, of your life, that you will hear Him calling out to you. And you will say yes, and you will respond to His voice. And secondly, I want, I want us to pray together that you will realize and you will release the power of your sound. That you will, you will once and for all be convinced that what you say, what you sing, what you project out of your mouth, whatever that you do is important to God and it's important to the people around you. That you have the ability to speak life or, to, or death over things. And so we won't be frivolous with our words anymore. Even when singing praise and worship songs, we won't be frivolous. We will make that our reality. We will know that the, the, that the voice of the Creator resounds in all creation. And if we don't praise Him and we don't sing the song of the Lord, you know the earth will take over. It is the call of the believers. It is creation's anticipation, expectation for the sons of God and the daughters of God to be revealed in these last days. For us to take on the fullness of what we have access to already. You know, I, I, when I came back from the States, right? Then, you know, after a spiritual high for like three weeks, I just, when I came back, I felt like, oh, oh, I'm not good, all of a sudden, you know, I'm not good at what I do. Like, you know, and I made a lot of boo-boos at work. Like, really, really. 
And so then I am thinking to like thinking to myself, oh, Pastor Daniel must not be very happy with me or my colleagues. Like Andre is like, oh, no, Christine, why are you like that? And then and he didn't say, you know, I'm just thinking it, and all these voices start coming. And I have to catch myself and I have to say, God, what are you saying about me now? Really, like in the midst of them talking, I'm just like, God, what are you saying about me now? Who, I, who am I? Who am I to be you? And then when I hear that, and then the voice will just, no. And in the minute, he just says, Christine. There's no Christine. Yeah, God calls me by my full name when I talk to him. Really? He goes, Christine. You don't go like my child. My child. Yeah. My beautiful daughter. He just goes, Christine. And when, when he says that, I'm like, okay. My work doesn't define me. I make boo-boos, but I will rectify it. But it doesn't, I don't let that get me down. Because you know, it has gotten me down before. You know, like how people think of me. And sometimes, like, even before you finish talking to me, I've already had, like, conjure up, like, oh, your opinion of me. Yes? And sometimes we let the words of people affect our lives, or we let the, our own um, judgment of ourselves dictate, uh, dictate our lives. But today I want to release the voice of your Creator to you, and I want to say that He's, he's saying that you're his favorite, that you're the apple of his eyes. It's not that we cannot make mistakes, you know, that we are like, well, from now on, we, everything we do is for grace, you know, like, oh, I don't own up to my mistakes. No, but you know that you are secured with that, and you take responsibility, but you are secured. You are really a child, come on! Yes? All of us have a responsibility to creation, to one another. To take the form and shape that all, that God has created us to be. Why does prophetic words inspire us? Why does it make us feel all fuzzy and warm on the inside? Because it shows us a future of ourselves, a better and a greater version of ourselves. The fullness of what we're called to be. Which that's why we love it. Because yes, that's what I want to be. And he and God is saying that over.